This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. We did give out some black shirts this week. I thought the guys, you know, they, they finally practiced the way we wanted them to last week. And, and you know, we had a, a pretty good performance. And the black shirts need to set a new standard. Uh, to be honest with you, you know, if you want to, if you want to ask the guys about it, that's fine. I think that we we live in a in a world where uh, the black shirts mean more to me than than social media and Twitter doesn't have to know about everything. And you know, and I think it's a special thing right now. And I think you know, if you want to ask those kids about who got them, that's great. Um, but right now, it's a, it's it's an it's an in-house kind of situation where um, this tradition just means more to me than than having to put everything on social media right now. And welcome back here to this edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washa. That was defensive coordinator Eric Schnanner basically saying, when I have dinner, I don't need to take a picture of it and tell everyone what my dinner is on Facebook and in Twitter. Um, meaning, yeah, we gave out black shirts, but I don't need to like take a picture of it and let the whole world know who they are. But Scott Frost did let us know who they are, Robin, this week. 13 overall, or 12, 12. Excuse, 12, excuse me. Um, so the... There's, there was always the notion to get off my lawn, old school Husker fan that would be furious when there would be a several. And I, I think they did a they did the right number. Uh, three defensive linemen, Ben Stilley, Ty Robinson, uh, Damian Daniels. You had five linebackers, JoJo Doman, Caleb Tanner, Garrett Nelson, and then on the inside, Colin Miller and Will Honus. And the four starters in the secondary, Markel Desmuke, Deontay Williams, Cam Taylor-Britt, and DiCaprio Boodle. By the way, no list in front of me. I just recited those, so I'm pretty good. Pretty proud of myself there uh, for not having to look. But 13, 12, excuse me, black shirts. And I don't see, I mean, the only other guy you could argue, Robin, maybe Luke Reimer, but he really hasn't played a full body of work yet to get it. Yeah, that's probably the only reason why he wasn't included in there. And then also, too, like, I honestly think they wanted to keep the number down because I'm sure Scott. They're like 80-something in the country in total defense. Yeah, and so, like, to sit there and give, like, 16 guys black shirts, like, that, that'd be it would rightfully get made fun of as you know so uh, I think they really tried to narrow it down to their starting 11 and the reality is they have an outside linebacker spot that is 50 50 between Garrett Nelson and uh, Caleb Tanner so uh, yeah I mean those are the guys that you would expect to get them and I think that's the way it should be to because if you get any beyond that it just becomes like it, like a saturated tradition to where like those DeAndre Thomas just, gets one exactly hilarious like pain five D linemen and six linebackers. I mean, I think that's ridiculous, and so I think this at least gets back to the tradition. Yeah, at least some of the tradition where it's it's your your top defense, and even if there's backups that play a lot, you know, you, you try to keep that black shirt number down. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show as we talk defense, and Robin. They held strong. I thought the key stat of the game was Penn State ran 25 plays inside the red zone. They only scored one touchdown on 25 plays in the red zone. So, yes, Penn State got down there. They kicked some field goals. But when it mattered, when it mattered, Robin, Nebraska's defense bowed up, and they prevented Penn State from scoring touchdowns, and that was really the difference in that game. Well, they did all the things that uh, an Eric Shenander defense is supposed to do. They made game-changing plays with – turnovers, touchdowns, sacks, tackles for loss, uh, and they really disrupted Penn State's offense to where uh, it could barely even function in the first half. And, you know, they put Nebraska in a chance to blow the, the, the doors open uh, off a team that, you know, we both agree is much better than their record. But uh, really, though, I agree with you. It came down to them being able to hold their ground and bend but not break in the red zone uh, and come up with two 
huge stops at the end of the game where they played, what, 25 snaps over the final two drives, and they were matched up in man coverage. You had guys making one-on-one plays, uh, Ben Stilley getting a game-winning sack. And so uh, their players stepped up and won the game, where the other side of the ball you know, kind of went into a shell and wasn't doing anything. The defense found a way to win, and that's something that – you know. No element of Nebraska football has been able to do much of any over the last three years. And Nebraska had been able to get a pretty good push with just their front four rush. That wasn't necessarily the case against Penn State. Penn State's five offensive linemen was winning. They were winning against Nebraska's front four push. So Shenander had to get a little bit creative. He had to bring safeties in. He had to bring corners in. He had to bring another linebacker in, a fifth, sixth type guy to get pressure. And he picked the right moments Mm -hmm. to do it. Um, You know, one of them led to the Deontay Williams. Uh, fumble strip touchdown you saw another one at the end of the game the, the final two plays Luke Reimer got a sack and then Jojo made some plays did the they backfield? credit Ben Stilley as a sack at the end of the game there or was that an incomplete pass I think they gave Ben Stilley yeah, a sack I think there. they gave him the sack so even was, though he threw the ball I think the ref had blown the whistle so that was down. back-to-back sacks and those were the only two sacks of the game for Nebraska if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken yeah yeah, so, I mean, again, it's it's stepping up when <laughs> the pressure was on and the game was on the line. And so that, I think, is a really real uh, reason why the black shirts were handed out because the defense, they earned every bit of those. And if they can get that type of production off that side of the ball and the offense can find a way to get someone on track, you know, this team could be pretty darn competitive through the rest of the schedule. Now, Saturday, they will see a very good running quarterback um, they'll see two quarterbacks, and they're both four-star recruits. Um, Brandon Peters, who was a former Michigan quarterback who Mike Riley actually offered, and he picked Michigan over Nebraska way back when, um, has been out with COVID. Now, Brandon Peters did his his three-game sentence um, on the 21-day rule uh, that, I, you know, it's interesting. He did three games, but Graham Mertz only had to do two games because they both were COVID positive. But the, the way the test fell, I think his test was a day later than Mertz's. So Mertz got to come back and play against Michigan. Peters did not, um, and he's back. But in the meantime, Isaiah Williams, who is also a four-star quarterback out of St. Louis, who was the number one player in that area, um, not a great thrower, but a dynamic athlete. He carried the ball 31 times, 28 of those, Robin, were designed quarterback run calls. He rushed for almost 200 rushing yards, set an Illinois quarterback rushing record. So they found something in the win last week with Isaiah Williams, and they get Brandon Peters back. So you have to think you're going to see a steady diet of both Williams and Peters in this game on Saturday. Yeah, I don't think it's sustainable to sit there and rush the ball 30 times a game with your quarterback, but that can certainly be an element that you sprinkle in quite a bit, especially if you compare it with maybe a more uh, traditional passer like Brandon Peters to give yourself kind of both of those elements on any given play. And so Nebraska, I think they should expect to see a lot what they saw last week uh, when Levis came in for Penn State. You know, that was essentially Penn State's offense. And so when Williams is in the game, chances are they're going to just try to play the numbers game just like the Nittany Lions did and run right at him and make Nebraska just have to beat him physically. So uh, it's going to be another physical test for this defense. But I I honestly like their chances in, in that style of game because their front seven is, in my opinion, the strength of the team. And, you know, if you're going to put good on good, I like, you know, Nebraska getting that matchup more often than not. And Scott Frost has had his most success against Lovey Smith mm-hmm. overall as a coach. So mm-hmm. this is in terms of Big Ten teams and the small sample size we have with Frost. Illinois has been his best. He's It's the only team he's undefeated against. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And so, <laughs> I mean, again, if the defense can – 
just replicate or even come close to replicating what they did against Penn State, the offense should, in theory, be able to produce more on their end, and that's why I think the Vegas line is what it is right this now. This is an interesting year for Lovey Smith, too, when you when you look at what he's done there. Um, took him to a bowl game last year. He beat Wisconsin, so that was a big step forward for them. But they've had just an awful year, and a lot of it's due to the COVID situation where multiple quarterbacks have had him sit out games. I mean, they've played four quarterbacks this year. Um, they haven't had, like – guys out with COVID, but they've had guys out for contact tracing. So it's caused just a mess. And I think there's two schools of thought. They might go one and eight, you know, or two and seven. And will he just get a free pass because of the COVID? And I think there's some loud boosters down there that want him gone. And then there's some people that say, hey, number one, we can't afford to pay yeah, out Lovey exactly. Smith. And number two, um, you know, he – you got to give them some slack for what happened with COVID um, with, with some of these guys that have been out. Yeah. And that's kind of where I would lean for, for most programs, unless it's like totally egregious and the, the firing's a no brainer. Like this is just not the time to make a massive coaching change where you have athletic departments cutting sports and uh, doing furloughs and laying off uh, administrative people. And it's like to sit there and like add a couple million bucks or whatever it is of buyout onto your expenses. That's just irresponsible in my point. So especially with this season is just such a disaster. I mean, you're just trying to survive and play as many games as you can. And to put that much uh, evaluation onto what happens uh, in this chaotic season, uh, I think that's, you know, a little bit misguided, but apparently if uh, there are people that already wanted him out the door. This is just more ammunition for them if the record ends up being what we could, what we think it could be. And his buyout would definitely be over $10 million. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see um, what they do. I, I lean towards, I think no matter what, we'll see Lovey in Ireland and and we'll be having a hopefully a Guinness with him next year. Oh, man. I really hope that we do go to Ireland. But uh, at this point, you know, I'm just trying to make it to next week. It's pretty much what's kept you doing this job <laughs> is Ireland, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we haven't had a bowl game in forever, so might as well go over the top and get to Ireland. <laughs> All right. When we come back, um, we're going to talk basketball. It's been a big week with basketball. Nebraska, um, you know, signed a five-star. The schedule came out. There's so many things to hit on here. And um, we're going to talk about the schedule as – there are th three games next week, right, Robin? Yeah, three and four days. Three games in four days. So we're going to get an update from Robin Washett on that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.